Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. Have you been blessed so far? Amen. Has your, has your soul been touched? <laughs> Amen. And your head been renewed, or your mind, I should say. I know we need more teaching on the influence and ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives as, as born-again believers. And one of the things that we preachers do, which I believe is a mistake, every Sunday we have a different sermon. Every Sunday we have a different message. And we jump from one subject to the next, not giving enough time or enough teaching on the same subject so that we can absorb and digest what we are teaching. The Word of God says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We need to hear again and again and again the same message until it sinks down from our mind to our spirit. And then we can say that we know it. Until we can walk it, we do not know it. We know a lot of things in our heads, but not in our hearts. And someone said we are educated far. How does, how does that go? Uh, we are educated far beyond the level of our obedience. In other words, we know far too much than what we actually obey. I also want to mention, Sherry mentioned to me to mention, that we are on Facebook Live. And thanks to my son Stephen. Alright, so let's move on to our last session for today, continuing the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. Let's uh, lay a foundation on this final session from the book of John, John's Gospel, chapter 12, uh, sorry, chapter 16, verse 12 through to 15, and once again, 1 John chapter 2 verse 27. Find these two openings please. John chapter 16 verse 12 through to 15. And 1 John chapter 2 verse 27. Jesus is speaking to the disciples a few days or a few hours before he went to the cross. And he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I say that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Now 1 John 2.27, but the anointing, 
which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is no lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Now, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, or as John calls him, the anointing within, in the life of the born-again believer, is of vital importance when it comes to living the kind of life that honors and glorifies the Father. Would you agree with that statement? Say amen if you do. Now, being able to draw strength and wisdom from within us whenever is needed is the privilege and the inheritance of every born-again child of God. I'm going to say that again. It's an important statement. Being able to draw strength and wisdom from within whenever is needed, at any given time, any given situation or circumstance, when it is needed, is your privilege and your inheritance as a born-again child of God. Now, learning how to do this, though, is the key to living life on a supernatural level. And that's the way God wants us to live. Live supernaturally in a natural way. The key is to learn how to do this. Is to learn how to draw strength from within when you need it. Is to learn how to draw wisdom from within when you need it. Is to learn to draw comfort and encouragement from within you in an hour of need. Even when no one is around. The Holy Spirit is able to do that through the Word. Amen? Amen. And, and, and many times we're going to be left alone. There will be no one around. You might be in a situation that you can't go to anyone because there's no one you can go to. Who do you go to? You know, in the early years of my, of my rebirth, in the early even months, members of my church were amazed at some of the things. They would say to me, what do you do when you're in trouble? What do you do when you need help? We don't see you coming to the pastor as often as some of us do. No, they would run to the pastor every, for every little thing. They would bother the pastor for every little thing. And, and they say to me, but we don't see you do that. What do you do? I said, simple. I go to my prayer closet. I shut the door. Uh, and I talk to my Father in heaven and I take my Bible with me and I don't get out of there unless I hear Him speak to me. <laughs> they, they were amazed. You know, I recall I went to my pastor only twice. And it was in the first three weeks of my new birth when I was facing severe persecution. My father-in-law kicked me out the house. 
So I had nowhere to go. And I went to the pastor, knocked on his door. I was full of tears and crying. He says, come on in, Andrea, come on in, let's pray together. Well, we walked into the sanctuary, walked up and down, and he prayed with me. He prayed for me, and I prayed with him. And by the time we finished praying, I was encouraged, I was strengthened. That was the second time I went to my pastor. I said, I go into my prayer closet, I shut the door, I take my Bible with me, and I stay there until I hear God talk to me. Most of us don't know how to do that. We would rather run to man. Amen. We would rather run to man. I'm not saying it's wrong. There are times when you need to open your heart and talk to someone. But we've got to learn to do this. We've got to learn to draw strength and wisdom and comfort and courage when we need it right from within us by the help of the Holy Spirit. Now learning to do this is the key to living life on a supernatural level. And that's the way God wants us to live. Amen? Are you listening out there? Talk to God about it. What does God, I often ask my members of my congregation, or people that I am responsible for spiritually or shepherd, I say, what did the Lord say to you? They would tell me the problem. And they would go on and repeat the problem. I said, stop it. God knows the problem. You know the problem. I know the problem. I don't want to hear the problem. Tell me what God said to you. They look at me. They don't know. They never heard from God. God has a word for every situation and for every problem. And we need to learn how to receive that word in any given time. Once God speaks, problem solved. Amen. Just, Just look at the word. Focus on the word. Don't focus on the problem. Don't speak about the problem. Speak the word of God. Speak the wisdom of God in your confusion, in your circumstances. And this is what I want every believer that I'm responsible for to teach. Go to the Lord. What did the Lord say? I recall many years ago, 30 years ago, I I helped and discipled Anna 30 years ago. And when I was with her and with Steve, we had such wonderful times... And when it was time for me to leave, she started crying. What am I going to do now? You are God. I said, go to the Lord. (laughs) I'm not your Lord. I'm not your God. I am here to point you to Him. And she learned early in her Christian walk to go to God. And not only that, she has become a wonderful encouragement, a wonderful inspiration for me, for my entire family. She would hear words from God. Not just for her own life, but for my ministry, for my family. She told me years ago that my son would be in the ministry. I, I, I listened to it with a bit of caution and I said, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. And lo and behold, he's in the ministry today. He said, your son, your son will come into the ministry. And he will have the same anointing and even double anointing on his life. She heard from God. All of us need to hear from God when it comes to our own 
personal lives. When it comes to the challenges of life we face, when it comes to the problems we face, God will always make a way of escape. And that way of escape is the rhema word of God. The Bible says He will not suffer you to be tempted above what you're able to bear. But with the temptation, right there, He will make a way of escape. What is that way of escape? I have discovered that it is the rhema word of God. I would go to God about troubles in my marriage in the early years. Lord, and I would complain to Him about my wife. You know, He never took my side. (laughs) Ever, not once, did He ever say, You're right, son. You know, she's out of line. He never said that. He would always correct me. He said, Take a look at your attitude. When you straighten out your attitude, I'll take care of your wife. What is it to you? You follow me. I followed the Lord with one eye on the Lord, one eye on my wife. Lord, she's like this, she's like that. I've learned now not to do that. (laughs) I I don't go to the Lord about my wife anymore. I, I I go to Him and I pray for her. Like all of us should pray. But I don't complain to Him about my wife. Because I know what He's going to tell me. Amen. I don't go to the Lord complaining about my congregation. I know what He's going to tell me. Many years ago, I went to do that and I said, Lord, I'm looking at my congregation. I'm not happy with what I see. He says, well, check on what you preach. He said, check on the seed you're sowing because the seed you're sowing is bearing fruit. Look at the fruit, check your preaching and alter it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Learn to listen to the Lord. And go to the Lord with an open mind, an open heart. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Are you one of the sheep? Then confess that. Lord, I hear your voice because I am one of your sheep. A stranger I will not hear, I will not listen to because I do not know the voice of strangers. Now, that's living life on a supernatural level in a natural way. Disciples of Christ need to realize... That we are not just natural beings, flesh and blood. We are more than that. We are supernatural beings living in a natural body, in a natural world. Why? Because we have the supernatural spirit and power of the living God living on the inside of us. The way Jesus taught and instructed us to live is only possible... By those who are born of the Spirit. They're not natural. We are not natural. We are supernatural. The Word of God says that our birth is not a natural birth, but a supernatural birth by the Word of God. You were born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. Amen. John goes on to say in John 1.13, We were born. Say, I was born. born. Not of blood. blood. Nor of the will of the flesh. Nor of the will of man. But I was born of God. Amen. Amen. So we are supernatural beings. For example, Jesus taught us to love our enemies, to bless those who curse us, and to do good to those who hate us. No human natural being can do that. These words were addressed to whom? 
to people who are born of the Spirit. To you and to me as disciples of Christ. Why? Because we have the love of God in our hearts. And we are able to love our enemies. Amen? Amen. We are able to do good to those who hate us. By the power of the supernatural Spirit of God. Now, Jesus speaks of the work of the Spirit in John chapter 4. As he converses with the woman of Samaria. You remember that incident? He said to the woman that the water that he gives becomes a what? A fountain that springs up to everlasting life. Notice the phrase or the words that Jesus used. He says, the water that I give you will become a fountain within you that springs up to everlasting life. He refers to the Spirit as water. Just as water gives life to natural things and sustains life, even so the Spirit of God, as the water of life, gives spiritual and sustains spiritual life. The anointing within. Notice... That in John chapter 7, Jesus again speaks about the Spirit and the effects upon those who receive the Spirit. And he uses different words. Notice what he said about those who would receive the Spirit. On the last day, John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. John 7, 37 to 39. That great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, another translation says, out of his belly, will flow rivers of living water. No longer a fountain that springs to everlasting life, but rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, Whom those believing in Him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Notice that Jesus said that rivers of living water will flow out of His heart. That is His Spirit. When the Bible speaks of the heart, He is referring to our spirit man. Out of our spirit man will flow, not trickles, not a river. Not a fountain, but rivers of living water, because God's Spirit lives within our spirit. The rivers of life will come from within and flow from within, not from without. The life is within you. The rivers are within us. Now, The rivers Jesus spoke about are, number one, the attributes of the character of God, as well as the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. The attributes of God, the character of God, will flow out of you together with the supernatural nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. These rivers, the Bible says, Jesus said, bring the life of God wherever we go. Just as Apostle Jim explained that these shoes go wherever I go. 
The life of God goes wherever you go. Sure, we need to realize that. We need to believe that. And that is exactly what Jesus intends for us to do. Bring the life of God wherever we go. There is an anointed song we used to sing years ago when I got born again. It goes something like this. There is a river of life flowing out from me. You know that song? You heard that song? Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. There is a river of life flowing out of me. What a beautiful song. I wish we would sing it often. Wherever you go... You carry the life of God because the Spirit of God lives within you. Now for many of us, these rivers of living water are hidden away. They're cloaked up. They stopped. One of the reasons is because of fear and intimidation. Fear and intimidation. The fear of man is one of the greatest obstacles... In releasing the life of God from within us. We've got, to, we've got to learn to overcome the fear of men. What will people say? What will pe- How often you and I have been faced with a situation where God wanted us to open our mouths and share the word of God with somebody and we held back. Yeah. Or you heard someone who was sick. And you know Jesus said you shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. But we kept our mouths shut. Well, what if, I, what if I lay hands and they don't get sick? Huh? And what are they going to think about me if I do this? Hello? This, 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 this doubt, this unbelief, this fear brings a closure or cloaks the rivers from flowing out of you. When you step out of faith, out of pure faith... Trusting and believing that God said He will do what He said He will do. That's when God moves. Amen. And we need to overcome the fear of men. Paul addresses this fear in the letter to Timothy. You remember what he said to him? Timothy was a little bit timid. And he writes to him and he says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6. Therefore I remind you to stir up. The gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He said to Timothy, Timothy, don't be intimidated. Don't be afraid. Stir up the gift of God within you. At every opportunity you have, release the life of God from within you. Know what you carry within you and step out in faith and act on the word of God. And God will confirm his word with signs following. We need to unblock the river, folks. Stirring up the gift which is the spirit within involves praying in the spirit as well as studying the scriptures regularly in order to eliminate ignorance concerning the word of God, concerning any given situation and fully understand and come to terms with the gift that God has deposited in each and every one of us. Now, faith in God's word is the key. Faith in God's word is the key that releases the supernatural life of God from within us. Believing what God says about the anointing and acting on his word will release the river. The rivers, the anointing, 
the life of God to those around us who are dying of ignorance. And they are dying uh, uh, concerning when it comes to the goodness of God, to the, to the willingness of God to heal, to restore, and to bring every life into divine order. Amen? And um, we need to work on that. We need to work on that. We need to step out in faith. We need to step out of the shadows into the light. And believe what God said and do it. Act on it. Act on it. Talk to someone. You know, many times I, I meet business people. I meet uh, um, um, insurance brokers that come to see me. I always talk to them about God. You know, a few months ago, actually a year ago, our, uh, the company that used to fertilize our grass went bust. So I was looking for a new, um, a new company to come and treat our lawn. So I, I saw a name in the yellow pages. I liked the name. I called the guys. They came. We started talking. I talked to them. Are you a Christian? Yes, we are. Uh, where do you fellowship? No, we don't fellowship. We left our church because of some of the things that happened. And what do you do now? Oh, we meet in our home. And we invited other people at the home. And we have services every Sunday. What do you do? Well, you know, they said we put the DVDs on and we listen to various men of God. I said, well, who's your covering? Uh, do you have a covering? Do you have oversight? No. What's the covering? What's oversight? So I, I start talking to them. I say, what you're doing is very dangerous. The enemy will take you out. Oh, he says, no wonder we're having so much problems. You know, today, they're part of our house church in Somerset West. Amen. Amen. They've come into alignment. I talk to people. You talk to them. You go to the supermarket. You meet with, talk to them. Talk to them about the gift of God within you. Talk to them about Jesus. Amen. 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 Wherever you go, the life of God goes with you. Don't block that life. Release it with your faith. Amen. Amen. Now, notice that Jesus is referring to two metaphors. He spoke about the work of the Spirit as a fountain springing up to everlasting life. And he also spoke about the rivers that will flow from within those who receive the Spirit. Now, these are two distinct metaphors of the Spirit. And I'm going to explain it. The one is for personal ministry, meeting the needs of the believer, restoring the believer, guiding the believer teaching the believer, and the other, the rivers, are for those whom God sends us to. The fountain that springs up is for your own personal ministry. The rivers are not for you. The rivers are for those whom God sends you to. And we need to understand the difference. And I will explain. Now, the woman of Samaria had issues, as you well know. Amen? She had issues with insecurities, she had issues with identity, issues with rejection, issues with loneliness, which drove her from one man to another man to another man. What was she doing? 
She was searching for love. She was searching for identity. She was searching for affirmation. She was searching for compassion. And she jumped from one bed to another bed. And Jesus said, the husband that you have now is not your husband, but you have five husbands. You remember that? Now, it's no accident that Jesus spoke to her about the water that I will give you will become what? A fountain which springs up to everlasting life. Now, Jesus was talking about bringing restoration and healing to her soul. Her search for love would stop. How? Through the fountain. The fountain springing up. Because the Spirit would minister to her in all those areas. Just like it ministered to us. I remember before I got born again, there was a huge gap and an emptiness in my life that could never be filled with anything. Amen. It drove me to many different things, many different situations. And it got worse and the gap grew bigger and the loneliness grew bigger. And I had no peace in my soul. But when I got born again, all of those issues were settled. (coughs) Hallelujah to Jesus. That's why I don't understand some born again believers. And I ask, are you really born again? Are you really, have you really encountered God? Have you experienced the love of God? Because once you experience the love of God, that love will bring healing and restoration to your wounded soul. It will heal your hurts. It will help you to forgive not only others, but your own self. And it will minister to your issues of identity, to your issues of rejection, to your issues of loneliness. All of that would be taken care by the fountain. The fountain within will bring refreshing, will bring identity, will bring affirmation, will bring the love of God and the peace of God to your broken and damaged soul. That's what Christ has done in my life. And the work He has done in me of restoration is the work that I preach to others because what God has done in me, now He's sending me to do that same work through me. And that's why if you're not healed, you should stay until you get healed before you send out to minister to others. Hello? Amen. Now, Receiving Jesus and being born again by His Spirit settles all these issues of identity and inheritance. Because the water that He gives becomes a fountain of living water springing up and covering and ministering to your mind, to your soul, to your emotions, to those things that are unseen, yet they are deep within and they bring hurt and conflict into our lives and into our marriages and into our relationships. Amen. Amen. Identity, of course, refers to who we are in Christ once we're born again. And inheritance refers to what we received because we are in Christ. Now, if you are born again and you have no revelation of what really happened to you, you will continue to have trouble with Rejection and inferiority complexes. That's why we need to have a revelation. What happened to us when we got born again? 
That's why we need the light of the Word of God. Amen? I was healed of rejection many years ago. You know, when I, prior to, to being born again, my wife is a witness, I cried, I think, for 48 solid hours. Crying out, I'm so lonely. I have no one. I am no one. I have no heart. I would write on a piece of paper. And, my, and it was those days that I came to South Africa as a 14-year-old boy. And I didn't know how to write well English. And I would say, I have no heart. I am nobody. I, uh, I am lonely. And the heart, I spelled it with H-A-R-D. And my cousin said, hey, that's not how you spell heart. Heart is spelled H-E-A-R-T. I cried for 48 solid hours of loneliness, of being rejected, of having no one in the world. That's why when I got born again, something happened to me. I know I got born again because those issues were dealt with. Never felt lonely again. Never felt rejected again. Because the love of God was shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. And that's what happens when you get born again, folks. The peace of God will flood our soul. You know that. But the rivers, the rivers of living water, refer to the life of God flowing out from us, bringing healing and deliverance and restoration to those around us. Once we have been ministered to and healed by the ministry of the Spirit, then we are ready to minister life to those around us, folks. Receiving the baptism of the Spirit puts us in a position to minister to others on a supernatural level through the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in conclusion, we're going to read Acts chapter 10, 38 from the New King James Version. I believe with all of my heart that the realization of us carrying the life of God within will change the way we think, will change the way we act around those who are desperately seeking relief and deliverance from the oppressive yokes of the devil. When you realize what you have, it will change the way you think. Unless you don't have a revelation of who you are and what you're carrying within. It will change the way you think. It will change the way we act. It will change everything about the outlook we have of ourselves as we go out bringing deliverance to those who are oppressed by the devil. Acts 10.38 says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who did what? Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, because Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, he went about doing good and healing. Now, just as Jesus was anointed, we are anointed. The same anointing, the same Holy Spirit. Amen. No different anointing, not another spirit, the same spirit. The only difference is that the faith of Jesus was used to the maximum. 
And the knowledge that Jesus had was greater than the knowledge we have of what we carry within us. But it's the same anointing. It's the same Holy Spirit. Amen. You may protest, you may disagree and argue that uh, the fact that we are to do likewise, but you can't argue with the truth. You know that? That's the truth. That's who you are. You are anointed. You have the life of God within you. I have the life of God within me. And Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, the works that I do, hallelujah, you will also do. Not only that, and greater works than these. Not the pastor, not the evangelist, not the prophet, not the apostle, the disciple, the believer. You will do greater works than these because I go to my Father. Did He say that? Well, all we need to do is believe it. That's all. And when you believe it, you're going to act on it. And when you act on it, you're going to see the results. And these signs shall follow the apostles. Is that what it says? And these signs shall follow the prophets. These signs will follow the believer. How many of you are believers? Only some of you. Where are the signs? The signs follow. They don't go ahead. They follow you. You go first. You proclaim the word. You lay hands on the sick. And the sick will recover. And as you do that, as you go, these signs follow. Because God confirms His word. God does not confirm charismatic apostles or prophets. He confirms the word. You preach the word. You act on the word. The signs will surely follow. Amen. So there's only one thing for us to do. And that is believe what Jesus said and act on his word. That's as simple as that. Amen. Did you get something out of this today? My question is. Is it going to change the way you think? Is it going to change the way you act? This church will not be, this building will not be big enough to receive all the broken people that you have been ministering to and restoring through the gift and the power of the Holy Spirit and through the river of life that is flowing out from you. Amen? Now some people have asked me to pray for them today and I don't want to conclude without... Uh, giving an opportunity for people to be prayed for. Uh, Stephen, you can turn that live feed off now. And we're going to pray. Nick and Sherry have asked me to pray for them, so I'm going to ask them to come forward. And Anna has asked me to lay hands on her and pray for her. And if there's anyone else who desires to be prayed for, what are we going to pray for? Well, what did we speak about? We spoke about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We spoke about the work of the Spirit. We spoke about rivers flowing out of us and the fullness of the Spirit. So if you're going to come up for, to be prayed for, this is what we're going to pray for. Amen? Amen? If you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, you may come forward. And if you come in faith and if you come to receive, God will not disappoint you. Amen? Can we do that? Let's stand first and pray a general prayer and ask the Spirit to enable us and to minister to us 
as we step out in faith in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the teaching and the ministry of your word today as we have received it and delivered it by the anointing of your Spirit. Lord, thank you that within us you have placed rivers of life. Within us you have placed the anointing. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will enable us, that you will enlighten us concerning the work of the Spirit within our lives. Forgive us for ignoring Him within, for very often not even recognizing and acknowledging Your presence within us. Your Word says, in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. But we have not done that, Lord, so we ask for your forgiveness. We repent in Jesus' name. And I pray today, Father, that we will acknowledge your presence within on a daily basis. That every morning we wake up, we would greet the Spirit, we would fellowship with the Spirit, we would consult with the Spirit, we will seek the guidance of your Spirit. For you have given Him to us to be our Lord, to lead, to guide, to instruct, to teach, and to illuminate our minds. We give you thanks for His person and His ministry today. And we humbly bow before you, Father, and before His presence, acknowledging you here today, and ask you to move and release your grace, your gifts, your fullness, your healing, your power to us who need the touch of the Lord in our souls today. Some of us are hurting. Some of us are being damaged in our souls. Pray, Lord, today that you bring healing and restoration to those who are in need. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.